Welcome to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Straight talk, enthusiastic support, and heartfelt encouragement for you to open up to your sacred sexuality. And now your host, Leslie Blackburn. Thank you, my love. Oh, wow. That's what I have to say right now. Wow. Oh, such a deep experience for me lately. I will come to this. We are exploring once again this month on sacred sexuality, a chance to open our hearts, to talk freely, discuss inquire within, explore the nature of sacred sexuality, consciousness, mm, fetish kink, mm, the, the, the realms of the weird, what things, experiences, explorations are part of your deepest mm, authentic inquiry, your deepest uh, dreams, shameful secrets. Those are the things that it's, safe to be in and discuss and explore as we open in this space. And what we do are some awareness, stories, meditations, plugging in, being in our bodies as a way to guide us through that journey. So I invite you to settle in and explore in whatever way you're joining us, whether that's live in today's experience in July of 2018 or later beyond in the podcast archives, please ah, welcome and feel into this space together. So let's slow way down with love and respect and honor our sexuality, which is so often hidden in the shadows, squashed away or misunderstood. We are going to begin with a breath. Ah of getting here in our body. Mm. Mm. I invite you, if it feels appropriate for where you are, to close your eyes. Drop in, allow and exhale with some sound. Feel the earth. In what way do you notice your body relating to earth and ground in this moment? Can you feel the earth rise up to meet you? How do you feel the earth meeting you, tantalizing you? Maybe meeting you, supporting you. Meeting you, saying you're capable. I got you. Mm. Feel what it is for you in this moment. As you breathe, notice your breath and your body. Notice your body. And then widen out beyond the physical awareness of body into a place of ah, wide awareness, feeling out beyond the edges of your skin, noticing air. In what way is the air caressing your skin or dancing across your eyelashes? How are you meeting air in this moment? And an inhale to welcome in a sense of, mm, yes, more please, an awareness of the world beyond, of the divine, of source, of creator, whatever that may be for you to welcome in a sense of possibility and aliveness Ah, while also connecting with awareness of deep pelvic bowl, earth, ground, lover earth, help me to connect the deep space of my body, of my pelvis to your body. Thank you. Thank you, lover. And with a breath of gratitude for yourself for taking time for you. Woo. 
coming back into the now, the here, now space of being. We. So as we explore today, we are, we are in a place of, I am in a place of just leaving and just stepping away from one of the most powerfully connected, profound, intense, joyful, playful, curious mm, experiences and connections that I've, I've had the opportunity to do in this lifetime. And this is Touch and Play 2018 at Earth Dance. And I just drove my 12 and a half hour journey back across most of the eastern time zone west back into Michigan from Massachusetts over luckily this time over a little bit more of a stretch I got to stop and sleep as opposed to my journey out there which was my straight solo 12 and a half hour drive (laughs) so this I'm now feeling much more rested and I'm feeling so alive in so many ways there's as I've moved through now since uh, two days ago, leaving, um, noticing all of the emotions, the time as I'm driving along and there's like this, blah, just a huge crying jag in the car, grieving as I leave this sort of, I felt it sort of bursting through this sort of three hour radius around the space, like that I've, I've now leaving the land in a, in a new layer of, of distance and, and yet also feeling so feeling that sort of burst through that bubble, just tears just flowed and flowed and flowed. And I let them like this was the beauty. I let them letting our bodies for me, letting my body and my feelings and my emotions be heard and listening instead of what I would do in the past is go, why are these tears here now? I don't know what to do with that. So I should just shove them away and not listen to them. And or, you know, oh, like being afraid of the, the emotion, like, oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't do this or I I can't do this. And I let it happen. And it felt good to grieve and to, to have the time of recognition that while I made these immense, powerful, deep connections with people and so many beautiful beings, that that doesn't end now. You know, that doesn't end. We still can share and connect and continue to spiral in this lifetime together. It's just a shift. It's just the shift for now. So as I move back into this space and reintegrate here in my own personal home space studio temple, I've been feeling all sorts of waves of joy and pleasure and sadness and grief and anger and letting those find their way through my body and in it some really powerfully, deeply somatic integrations, which we may come to in this call. So the focus of today, our topic for today in all of this aliveness is eco-sexuality. And I'm going to take a moment to explain like what there's many people define that in so many different ways. And that's been my experience as I first met the word. So we're going to just touch into some facets of, of how that might be looked at. And then I want to really sink into what I might offer in my own experience of what ecosexuality means to me and what it's really beginning now as I've been inquiring in that for oh a couple of years maybe. Um it's pretty new. It's a couple past couple of years. It's pretty new for me. Um I had a big shift in what it means for me this week, which is why I'm in particular offering this today in this topic. So eco-sexuality, I'll begin with a manifesto that um, is, was reminded to me by my teacher at Touch and Play, my Belle Obales, and she uh, offered this in a bit of our, of our exploration, and um, I am reminded of it and, uh, and had seen it before. So uh, touching back into it, I want to read a little bit of it here because it gives a lovely ground of um, what ecosexuality may mean for various people across the planet. And I'll begin with 
and it and it's put together by two other beautiful beings, Annie Sprinkle and Elizabeth Stevens, um, and um, and I know many others who are weaving and dancing in the realm of ecosexuality and sharing and books written and and um, so it's a, a community, a growing community of awareness of what um, what for me is connecting deeply in my sexual nature and trusting it in a way to open deeply in my sexual being with nature. Like that's the core of it to me. And it has other facets as well to some. And um, here we are with the manifesto. So number one, we are the eco-sexuals. The earth is our lover. We are madly, passionately, and fiercely in love. And we are grateful for this relationship each and every day. In order to create a more mutual and sustainable relationship with the earth, we collaborate with nature. We treat the earth with kindness, respect, and affection. Number two, we make love with the earth. We are aquaphiles, terrophiles, pyrophiles, and aerophiles. We shamelessly hug trees, massage the earth with our feet, and talk erotically to plants. We are skinny dippers, sun worshippers, and stargazers. We caress rocks, are pleasured by waterfalls, and admire the earth's curves often. We make love with the earth through our senses. We celebrate our e-spots. We are very dirty. Number three, we are a rapidly growing global community of eco-sexuals. This community includes artists, academics, sex workers, sexologists, healers, environmental activists, nature fetishists, gardeners, business people, therapists, lawyers, peace activists, eco-feminists, scientists, educators, revolutionaries, critters, and other entities from the diverse walks of life. And And it goes on from there in the way that we are eco-sex activists, the way eco-sexual is an identity, and the eco-sex pledge. I promise to love, honor, and cherish you, Earth, until death brings us closer together forever. And there's a little more in that if you choose to access it freely available at the web. And if you search for eco-sex manifesto, you will find that. And, oh... Wow, what is starting to really move through me is this deeply embodied awareness of how of what that means for me, which I again have been skirting around for a bit, and also um, mm, feeling some new ways to articulate it, which is why we're exploring a bit today. So as I continue, the nature of what it means to me, what is my relationship with eco-sexuality. And it starts with my relationship with my own sexuality, which I've shared a bit before on this series, that there was a point in my life when I was in a really dry and crispy place, and I was fiery and active and driving and moving very much in a way that was about not now, but what's in the future. And so constantly in a forward, active energy that wasn't even you know, sometimes so disconnected from my body because I'm like way ahead of it. <laughs> like I'm way up over there instead of back here in my being, driving through life and acquiring. And um, I had a spiritual awakening connected with pregnancy and birth of my daughter that really moved through my body the awareness of you have got to slow down and open and allow and listen and be. Because if you don't, you're not going to make it. And that came through in a really intensely harsh way. Um, I call it a spiritual awakening. I could also call it a big-ass breakdown <laughs> that said, wake your shit up. And it did, and I did, began that journey of awakening and opening my eyes to see the world around me and not just do and be on top of it and let myself actually sink into my own being and my own body and then widen into the space of awareness of relating with all fellow beings in the world, including nature and plants and animals and crystals and the ways that I could deeply relate with earth being and sun and moon 
and sense and feel and interact with, with through my body over time, this began to really emerge. And in my journey of that, it, it started a bit with a sort of um, cracking away of some outer layers around what my sexuality was like, Oh my gosh. Um, I kind of grew up in this, what I'll call corporate heteronormative uh, normative kind of view of the world that I thought it didn't see much. I didn't, I had no examples of other things around me. I was very much in a realm that said, no, it's only this way. And so I just sort of presumed I had to force fit myself into these boxes that never felt right of gender and sexual preference and, um, how I'm supposed to dress and who I'm supposed to hang out with and all of that. And in this, in this cracking open, I started to go, Whoa, there's so much, there's so much more to see if I let myself see. And so exploring in my sexuality and starting to recognize, although I had been sort of practicing heterosexual for a while in a, in a female body projecting as a woman, as a female being, um, uh, for and presenting in that way, just because that's what I thought I, how I thought I had to fit, even though that never quite felt exactly right. I started to wake up to see that, no, actually I'm interested. And it started with like, I think I'm interested in connecting with other beings that aren't just male bodies, right? Female bodies. And then, oh my gosh, that opened up this whole awareness that, well, if I like to connect with women that, whoa, am I a lesbian that got it wrong for like 16 years and, and going through this whole identity piece of like, well, no, I, I'm really still also interested in men, but then the word bisexual didn't feel right for me. And so I was trying that on and like, no, that felt limiting too, which I later was able to identify was because the word bi like the bi implies two, which says, well, there's two buckets or two boxes of gender. And I, that, I don't, that doesn't resonate for me. I believe there's a whole spectrum of gender and gender inquiry and gender exploration. And so I, I, I couldn't, that word just didn't fit. And at the time I had a therapist mentor guide who was beautiful woman, Deb, oh, I love you, said, hey, how about omnisexual? And I'm like, oh, yes. You know, at the time that, that was the one that felt right to walk with. If I had to pick a box, which not a fan of picking boxes, but sometimes it helps to just communicate then omnisexual was it. And I bring that up because the word omnisexual to me was this. It was, what's it like to open my body to sexual arousal, to currents of possibility, to feel and connect and share love with all beings, no matter gender, all human beings, and no matter gender um, expression, you know, in the ways that felt right for me. And why just human? What about relating with trees and nature, plants, you know, animals, like, can I open my heart to experience a red-tailed hawk soaring by in a way in which we both are, you know, I'm sharing my heart and my love with these beings and opening my body to be penetrated, for example, by a tree energetically. I'm not talking about a physical body penetration in this particular case, but can I allow the ecstatic currents the energetic possibilities, can I invite my body in such a way that I can open to listen and feel them and in that way make love with, relate with, and in that way learn from. The very nature of merging deeply with another being, whether that's intentionally or it happens automatically, can happen automatically during some of our sexual orgasm experiences, but also just intentionally opening and allowing the merge, that type of opening and allowing can be incredibly like sexual in a non-overt sex in the bedroom type of way and, and in an overt sex in the bedroom type of way, like both. There's, it's interesting how we sometimes put labels on that word sexuality. But this life force, creative potency of possibility, allowing and inviting it, through my body has become what omnisexual meant to me. My willingness, like that, that it was all important to me, my relating with the world and with nature. And in that, what started to emerge was this journey of awareness of recognition that 
how with the sacredness I now feel as it as I deepened in this for myself, my own sake, what I call now my sacred body, all of us, you know, our bodies are sacred, this sense that our bodies are so valuable that yes, and we're this infinite energetic being that gets to be here in physical form that gets to be embodied this time around. And oh, like what a gift that is. That even when we feel frustrated or crunchy or disdainful or fearful of our bodies, which happens, and I have lived, don't get me wrong, there's times when I've wanted to just shove away or cut off parts to go, can we bring some compassion to ourselves in the way we might invite with others in such a way where we welcome meeting and listening to our body very deeply? And then also, relating with the world so then then the nature of oh my gosh I can't possibly like throw this plastic thing on the ground comes not from a place of somebody else telling me you know that's a bad thing you shouldn't litter but comes from this really innate like how could I possibly not honor and respect the environment and these bodies that I'm interacting with, the earth body and the trees with the same level of love and respect that I would honor the sacred how could, I, how could I not treat myself and these beautiful co-creational beings on this planet with that love and honor and respect? So it becomes this inherent experience of, of acknowledging and honoring that then may, may branch off into activism of some sort. It may be that that's where I'm feeling my calling, that I'm now diving into the way we can shift the way we are treating um, the planet and focus in on certain areas that need our help. And my personal experience with that is my drumming practice, for example, with the water, with honoring and praying for the water and the water protectors and the people and all the ways that we can honor the water that we all relate to and need and how ancient it is as it's been here through the eons of this planet to nourish us bathe us to strip us of the old to fill us with life the water how my love for the water and my love for the earth now shifts to becoming from this deep place of reverence of honoring the sacredness in us all and how can I not see eyes when I begin to you know my eyes start to shift and now I can't unsee that and it becomes this driven place of yes and authentic and inherent instead of, oh, I'm, I'm feeling bad about somebody else shaming me. So this is my bit of my journey with, with what omnisexual was meaning for me. And, and I'm, as then ecosexual, the word came into my awareness, Oh, well, and then that journey bloomed forward into recognizing that I was starting to explore sexual energy in nature. And at first had a lot of layers of shame around that, like, whoa, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And so I'm going to come back to that as we now pause for a short break and then come back for these explorations of what do I mean by sexual experiences in nature and how that's been a part of my journey into um, meeting uh, eco-sexuality. So we'll take a break. Good morning. You are listening live to Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Today is Tuesday, July 17th, 2018, and you are listening to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to talk with Leslie live on the air, give us a call. The number is 646-378-0378. That number again is 646-378-0378. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Sexuality and nature. So this facet of my life 
began to open then after this, what I'll call spiritual awakening that happened a couple of decades ago. And then the sexuality and nature began to like, what is that? And, you know, way, way back, it would be like, oh yeah, this fantasy experience of, um, oh, I want to have sex in the woods. Uh, and yet in my experience at the time with anything like that, super tense and contracted. I wasn't relaxing. It it wasn't anything where I was really receiving pleasure. I was just sort of tolerating it or, or like going through the actions or the friction experience and whatever that was, you know, lovely, but it wasn't what um, was really deeply satisfying or, or fulfilling. And it was out of, I'm recognizing it was out of like fear. I was fear of being caught, of being seen, of doing something wrong. I clearly, I must be doing something wrong if I'm doing this. And so I kind of pulled away from it and, and I'm like, well, I'm curious, but I can't, I just really can't relax. And, and a lot of that had to do with two feeling like there weren't spaces that I could really tap into my own energy in, in nature without being in somebody else's space, you know, um, really not wanting to to um, share this in, unless it was consensual, right? That's, that's what it comes down to. What is it like to be consensual in our sexual energy? So I, I'm, you know, in the fear of like, oh, I'm going to offend somebody. I tended to, I tended to pull away from that. And I know for some that's, that's different. It's a different experience. I tended to pull away. So my, then as my, my, my spiritual practice was deepening and my, practice with nature and just being in nature, just being with the realm of reconnecting with earth, with lover earth, could I just walk a journey? And this really deepened as I stepped into vision quests and I'm finding it really beautifully synchronistic that my vision quests, my first two vision quests were in Massachusetts also um, where I just came back from at Touch and Play, I was in Massachusetts, and these, this deep space of the land there, so um, juicy for me. There's something really sacred and special and intentional about the lands in which I've deeply met Earth in these areas. And as my vision quest started to support me to trust, you know, trust my body, my nakedness, trust that on the earth, trust running a little sexual energy with myself and the earth and the land started to bloom open a practice. And, you know, then that practice, I, as I met, I, I, it's solo. This is solo practice that I'm describing where I go into the woods, into the land, nature. And I, I had been encouraged by one of my teachers to, in in my shamanic path to, you know, we talk about getting in nature, but to really like every, like every week, could I carve away a whole day where I spend on the land? And when I, when I say that for some listening who, who, who get a chance to be and live in it all the time, like that may seem like not a lot. And yet for many, 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 and for the many of the, the, the place that I came from as I was 15 years in corporate engineering before all this, and in a really corporate suburban area of the world um, to spend an entire day in nature is actually really unheard of. And, and so as I did that and met that even um, early on when I was still back doing some of this more, you know, um, work in the corporate world, um, as I stepped away from corporate, it became clear when I could start to create this for myself and, and really, give myself the opportunity, the land, and I'll say to reclaim and rescript and, and own the little space of land that's right here in my backyard. So those, for those of us, you know, who does resonate, who live in, in suburban areas, who live in city areas that, you know, there's this, there, there might be just that patch of grass that is your backyard. You know, I have a cherry tree and then surrounding me, I'm really grateful. I am in a neighborhood with some old tree growth, which is, also sometimes rare. So there's, you know, an oak tree that is easily a hundred years or more old right in my space. Um, And then there's a maple tree nearby and a couple of various evergreen pine um, trees. And there's, so there's this way in which I feel supported 
in, even in my little corner, which I wouldn't have, I, I looked at, used to look at my backyard and never think of that as a space in nature. I just reclaimed it. You know, I ritualized, I said, this is, and I, I really did create a, uh, an intentional ritual of what's it like to reclaim this space. And when I did that, it helped me have a little more of a direct connection right here that I could feel every day, at least once, if not twice or more a day, um, or, and many times a day, sometimes I'm, I'm outside where I can get my bare feet on the earth and, and really plug in. And I, I share about bare feet earth at my website and my videos, um, a lot more details, but this really this daily practice of getting plugged back in for those of us who felt so separated and disconnected in sort of corporate or mainstream or, um, you know, like zinging around on the surface of the planet parts of the world, which is really, really common. So the invitation for those of us feeling that is, can you create your, a way to really have a daily self-practice to be connected? And then what I added to that was this day, this day on the land where I carved away, I'm going to go out and actually sink in and disappear for a while for hours. And that is where my sexuality practice started to open up. And what I recognized was it became like less about, it, it really wasn't about like, oh, I'm going to have a masturbation practice in the woods. Like, okay, let's go get off in the woods, which don't get me wrong, can be also lovely as long as you're honoring consent, right? For yourself and um, any beings around you that you're honoring that. And, Instead, it was less about that, but more about opening my body to the currents of possibility. Can I open to ecstatic, erotic, sensual currents of earth shakti that allow ah, my body to feel and be? Can I open to the aliveness, notice the bright colors of presencing when I deepen into that space, feel the merging and the connection with the beings around me as the chickadees fly in to, to take offerings from my hands, feeling as the deer might walk as I see the deer and say, I'm curious and would like to play. Would you like to play with me? And feeling that deer walk towards me, this spinning, allowing and connecting and feeling the nature of nature is what I mean when I say I open to these currents and literally experiencing in that quite literally orgasmic experiences and that it, it so my recognition over time moved from this isn't just touching myself to have a peak experience although that's also lovely it was about opening and allowing and merging and being and knowing myself more deeply through my connection with the land and knowing the land more deeply through the offerings of feeling the interaction, right? As we're making love with ourselves and the earth, there is a merge, there is a knowing, there is the way in which the earth and nature receives pleasure from us. Like in what way can I offer this pleasurable experience of like, Ah, feeling the, you know, as the leaves brush across the, my thigh to tickle me, I feel tickled. What do the leaves feel? Are they delighting in the sensory experience of my skin? You know, and, and reaching out to go, ooh, who's that creature? Can I touch you? And, and me consenting, yes, touch me. And what's it like to acknowledge that that being is enjoying or relating to me in the way they're choosing? This, to me, sexuality, and I recognize it for me as an expression, as an extension of my omnisexuality, as like, oh, oh, that. And what I experienced, a touch and play, was the space, the containers, the village, the community that says it's safe to be present with our sexual energy and to be aware and consensual and to be radically self-responsible and to make our choices and to communicate clearly, to process with each other and to ask for what we want and need and to shift it when we need to do that. And that nothing is about shame 
it, it, when we feel shame, we can ask to be seen in our shame and unwind that shame, maybe. You know, that shame may rise up or other layers of our emotional terrain may rise up. And how can we meet those and listen and to co-create in such a space where we're making consensual choices? And that's what it meant for me. It can mean all sorts of things for different people. That's my experience of integrating all these things that are of value to me, of being conscious and present and clear in my, in, in my state of being, that my altered states of being are coming from my natural presence of opening to currents, not by you know, taking substances in an inco- unconscious way. That my my presence is there and my choices become clear. And when I need self-care, I take my time for self-care and that I can weave in all these facets that are important to me, playful curiosity, being alive and in my child body, and also opening to the power of the sexuality in me and opening to these facets, these pieces of me. I haven't felt safe to share. Maybe my gender exploration Claiming my gender queerness, you know, having a deep, powerful conversation with a beautiful being that I say, will you baptize me in my gender queerness? And they say, yes, (laughs) I see you. That is what this meant to me. Owning my female curvy body self that has given birth to a child, which I'm grateful for and owning my cock and my etheric lingam and being seen in it and feeling safe to express it and delight in what does that mean for me? How does it look? It can look different than what it looks like for other people. And that's okay. It will look different. It's authentically me. Each of us are authentically who we are. There is no trying to match somebody else's box. We get to create our own. Who are we authentically? What's it like to be aware of and inquire within what's going on? And does that mean we always know? Like, absolutely not. I I can't tell you how many times I was crying (laughs) or raging, um, moving through grief, uh, feeling shy in a corner with uncertainty of wanting to reach out and ask someone something and not, not knowing what to do or ask. Like, oh my God, I'd really like to go up to that person. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I can't, I don't know what to say. And then not. And then going, okay, all right, guess that wasn't meant for this time. But then another time when I was like, yes, I really know what I want and I want it from that person. Can I ask? Yes, I can ask. And their answer may be no, and that's okay. And can I ask? And then asking. And then seeing what emerges as I allow myself to be seen and met in my own power as somebody else is in theirs and what that means to each other. And how 10 seconds of a deeply connected eye contact communication exchange could feel so complete. And then maybe spiral into another experience the next day or not be complete all by itself. All of these things, a community that's so aware and conscious of food that I felt for the first time you've heard me share. If you joined in some of these prior podcasts, my food journey and the, Oh my gosh, some of the emotions involved with resetting the way I eat and how powerful it is and beautiful for the but for the past three and a half years, eating so differently that I have to prepare almost everything I eat. And even when I travel, that means bringing all of my food. And yet the logistics of this particular experience, I couldn't fathom how I was going to pull it off. And yet I was able to talk to the chef and say, oh, I feel your philosophy and your plans are so aligned with with how I eat, I can eat here. Yay. Thank you for considering me. Thank you for seeing me and my needs. And he did. And how grateful I am for that. And how nourished I felt through the experience of being able to eat food that someone else prepared. And how something as simple as 
Dr. Bronner soap available at every sink. Like, ah, I literally travel with my own little vial of Dr. Bronner's because I can't stand washing my hands with these like chemical stripper soaps, antibacterial things that rip our entire microbiome off our body at rest stops and other things. So I'm carrying a bottle with me all the time and to just dip into this community where that's the norm. This is like the weaving together of all possibilities. So I'm just filled with gratitude and the whole, all of these weavings to me are what ecosexuality is about. Our connection and relating deeply with ourselves and the planet authentically, consciously, and so much so that we can relax into the currents of possibility and allow our sexual energy to be present. It's what we choose to do with it that gets, that gets a little weird sometimes, right? It's when it's not being honored with consent or it's being pushed upon someone or stripped of someone. That's when it's not cool. But our sexual energy is not something to be hidden or afraid of or ignored. I invite, can we be present with our sexual sovereignty? Can we reclaim our capacity to love ourselves and to listen so deeply to our bodies that, that the next step of our path is revealed to us? And then in that slow, deep listening, can we relate with other beings and honor the ways our paths are meant to tickle and dance and play together? This, to me, is what ecosexuality is about. And it's, to me, what my life is about. And it, it brings tears to my eyes right now as I realize this is the core of my being. Like, the brightness of being alive is sexual. When the colors are so bright that you think you're in a different world, this is sexual. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for being in a body and being alive and listening and learning and roaring through the tears and roaring through the grief and unpacking and unwinding all of these experiences from my body that I held in such painful ways for so long that I can now reveal and see and listen and feel good about feeling good. And that it's still a journey. There will be more tears to come. There will be more grief. There will be more anger. I know this. And my experience now is having moved through some of the crunchiest, toughest, most terrorizing bits, each step gets clearer. My body goes, yeah, we got this. We just got another one. You ready for it? And bring bubbles it to the surface. But it gets easier to unwind and unpack and meet in my experience. Let's just breathe for a moment with that. Notice how your body's feeling. Feel your ground. Lover Earth. Help me to connect the deep space of my womb, of my pelvic bowl, to your body. And with that, we're going to take another short break and be back. Thank you for joining us today. You are listening live to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Leslie has a detailed website. You can find radio podcasts, videocasts, and more free resources at leslieblackburn.com. The website is mobile-friendly and also has the full class and event schedule, information on private sessions, mailing lists, sign-up, and much more, again, at leslieblackburn.com. Leslie offers private sessions and has helped many hundreds of individuals and couples over years on their path of sacred sexuality. Sessions are available either in person or by Skype or phone. See details on the website under Classes and Coaching. There are also options for home study practices. Sacred sexuality classes on four new topics are now available by video. You can purchase access to these at the website. And the Tantric Energy Touch Workshop is available as an audio CD. Order online at the website. 
The best way to get announcements about upcoming events, as well as inspirational stories, videos, and radio show archives is to subscribe to the email newsletter by clicking on the link on the website, leslieblackburn.com. Reminder that Leslie is available for speaking engagements. More information at the website. Also, if you like what you've heard today and want more, there's a whole new way to support Leslie in bringing these sacred sexuality teachings into the world and get amazing rewards for it, including sneak peeks of her new book, which is currently underway. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. See all the details there again at patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Mmm, thank you. Oh, I'm feeling so grateful as I still feel tears streaming down my face and drying. <laughs> and smiles. And what I want to invite next is we're going to mm, listen, plug back in, feel your body, and plant some questions. What is it like as you explore this topic? This, what is ecosexuality to you? What does that word mean to you? How do you relate with nature in your world at the moment? What does being in nature mean to you? How often do you relate with nature with plants or animals, trees, lake, ground. How often do you relate with human-made structures? In the scope of your day, what does that look like for percentages? How often do you see the sun or feel it on your skin. Especially in the winter in the northern hemisphere. For, for those in sort of what I would call that corporate workflow, nine to five type of experience, how often do you see the sun? And when you do notice the animals or the plants. Ah, how long do you, do you sit with, with them, with the awareness of them? What's it like, perhaps, to notice the pace in which you're meeting that and slow that down by half? This is an inquiry. The next time you notice something in nature, can you pause with it two times longer? And how can you create a daily practice where you notice your feet, your body connected directly with the planet in some way? And by that I mean bare feet, or lay down, roll around, bare body if possible, and have a connection with Earth that's not through a human-made structure. What's it like to sit with that idea, that possibility? Notice how it lands in your body. And then... Feel again, body, the earth, the planet, your sexuality. Have you ever explored your sexual energy outside of a bedroom? And as you have, how did it feel? What's it like to widen your awareness of possibilities of what sexual energy means to you? In what ways can you allow yourself to feel pleasure as you walk through your day? 
a breath. A relaxing moment with the ground. And feel into the space around you. Allow your awareness to widen, to notice that you are a body that is much wider than your physical form. And allow yourself to feel the space behind you and above you, to the sides, below, as well as in front. Often we spend a lot of time in front. Not always. And just feel, feel the fullness of you. And allow yourself to Meet the fullness of you. What wants to be heard? What places in your body communicate with you as you slow down in this inquiry? What spaces emerge that want to be heard? Listen to them. What shifts is being, are being asked for to support you on your journey? Can you commit to yourself like, okay, body, I hear you. I'm going to do this one thing. And then make that shift and notice how it feels. And give yourself permission to explore new possibilities, to create new ways to play with your expression and try things on for size. See what it's like to be met in that with a fellow being. Be witnessed in that. And if it feels you feel too shy to be witnessed in that with another human, go out and find your spot on the land and ask a tree to witness you. Ask a tree if you can share your secret. And allow that tree to meet you in it. And allow then that one more breath that says, I am me, fully and completely me, taking what you choose with you as you drop into your pelvis, these questions, these invitations, what resonates to carry forward. With a deep breath of gratitude for sharing this time, our lives on this planet together, I'm so grateful and in love with with the world, with the planet. Deep, deep blessings, gratitude, and namaste. Thank you for joining us today for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to contact Leslie, please visit her website, LeslieBlackburn.com. Leslie is also available for private sessions, and you can find out more information about this at the website. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a beautiful day. Join us again next time for continued support on your path of self-realization. The power is within you to heal your body Connect deeply with others, manifest your heart's desires, and experience your deepest bliss. By our healing, we impact others, inspiring love for humanity and the planet. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn.